Hello everyone. In this episode, we're going to cover how to make the Day of the Dead bread or El Dia de Muertos, which literally means Day of Dead. So this holiday is celebrated throughout the world and in particular Mexico. It's actually a three-day holiday involving family, friends, gathering to pray for and remember friends or family members who have died. So in Mexican culture, the death is viewed as a natural part of the human cycle. Well, I guess that would be true everywhere, right? So we're kind of, it's kind of undeniable and universal that we're all going to die. Um, but the difference is in, is in the Mexican culture, they view it not as a day of sadness, but as a day of celebration because their loved ones awaken and celebrate with them. And with every good celebration, there is good bread. So what they do is they often leave a loaf of pan de muertos for their loved ones, visiting souls to enjoy spiritually, I guess. So they, they go to the graves, they have parties, and, and they leave bread out. I'm not exactly sure what they do with the loaf of after the offering it to the souls, but anyway, I don't have any Mexican heritage, but I did grow up Catholic, and we also had the three-day celebration, so to speak. Although it wasn't much celebrating, in my opinion, um, but we had we had to go to church. So it was um, November first, which happens to be All Saints Day. It was where you celebrate all the dead saints, and then the next day is All Souls Day on November second, where you celebrate all the dead people. So All Saints Day falls where it does because it marks the day after All Hallows Eve or more commonly known as Halloween, and before All Souls Day. And I might have been okay with the holiday if we celebrated and had good bread too, but as it was, I couldn't eat my candy that I got the night before from trick-or-treating, and we had to go to, to church two days in a row. And while I love Halloween, I was not a fan of the All Saints Day, but now I rarely dress up for Halloween, but I really have a lot of fun making the festive breads for the holidays in the bakery. So we're going to talk about the, the pan breads here. Um, but I will tell you that we also make, in the bakery, we make uh, spiders out of uh, sourdough, which is a nice firm loaf. And we also do witch's fingers. Um, and we do your pumpkin cookies and, and whatnot. And sometimes we'll do, we'll add a little orange food dye into the cinnamon roll basis. So we'll have orange cinnamon rolls. And then we'll dye the uh, frosting black. And so we kind of do cobwebs shapes over the frosting. Anyway, so it's a lot of fun. Okay, so we make two types of the pan bread here. So we do a more traditional, which is pan de muerto, or bread of the dead. And then we also do a calaveras, which means skull, for the Day of the Dead celebrations. And like I said, I can't speak Spanish very well, so if I apologize if I'm kind of butchering these pronunciations here. But anyway, so pan de muerto is a type of sweet egg bread. Um, it's shaped in a big bun, and then they usually top it with some sugar, and they decorate it with a bone-shaped pieces of the same dough, and um, it lays on top of it in the form of a cross. So if you kind of think skeleton-type twisted bones laid on top of a round ball, and that that's more the traditional one. And I'm going to give you the recipe, and I'm also going to give you a link to our YouTube page that shows the process of making the pan de muerto. And so we also make the calaveras creations out of the same dough, which is basically your skull-shaped loaves. 
And those are really colorful and festive. And so what we, they're supposed to represent the vitality and individual personalities of the departed. So there is no uniform decoration and no set rule. So just use what you have. So in the bakery, what we have on hand is usually colored M&Ms for like cookies and whatnot. So we don't have candy corn, but sometimes we'll buy it this time of year. But we have dried fruit. So we always have our, our dried cranberries, dried raisins, uh, dried apples, apricots, and nuts. We have walnuts and pecans. And we use those to put those on top too. Um, and so the pan de muerto and calabras, it's a it's kind of a Mexican light sweet egg bread. It's really very similar to challah. And I did cover challah in episode eight. And I'm going to go over the get recipe again real quick and then also put it in the show notes. So basically, we just take the challah recipe and we add in the zest of one orange. And then the juice, then we juice the rest of it. Um, and then we also add a little more sugar to account for the liquid. So the general rule in recipes, if you're going to add a, a you add about two times the amount of a dry ingredient as the liquid. So I figure you get about two tablespoons of orange juice. So you're going to add about four tablespoons or a quarter cup of granulated sugar. And if you don't have an orange, you can try a lemon or really you can just skip it. I mean, the big picture is it, these loaves are about the shape and look and taste of the bread, you know, being a sweet egg bread. And it's not so much about the citrus flavor. Okay, so for the base dough, you want to start with about two and a half cups of warm water, approximately 100 degrees. And basically that's just warm, I think warm bath water. And two packages or one and three-fourths tablespoon of active dry yeast and six cups of unbleached bread flour, and one and a half cups of your whole wheat bread flour that is stone ground, and a half a cup of butter that is very soft but not melted. And it's ideally you take it out the night before, but if not, just throw it in the microwave for about a minute, um, and then it should be soft but not like not melted. And if you accidentally do melt it, it's not that big of a deal, so don't worry about it. Okay, and then a half cup of granulated sugar and one and a half tablespoons of salt. Any type of salt will do. And two large eggs at room temperature. Now, if you forget to take the eggs out the night before, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just um, it's just going to take a little bit longer to proof because the dough is going to be a little bit colder. So you put all the ingredients in at once and you need for about five to ten minutes until the dough is soft and pliable. It's got a nice smoothness to it. And then... It, when you pull it apart, it kind of sticks together, um, which tells you you have gluten development. Okay, so then you set it aside and you proof it for about an hour and a half before shaping it into your Day of the Dead creatures. So we have played around through the years with the uh, calabrese or the skull breads. And um, when we, it was, I think it was two years ago that one of my bakers came up with uh Putting, first, what he did is he took like the dark rye and he put that in as the eyes and the mouth. And it really stood out because you've got that um, kind of white base base with a dark dough stuck in for the eyes and the mouth. And the only problem with it is that sometimes the doughs would separate. So the dark would separate from the white during the baking. Um, and then he came up with this on his own. He just started using caramel color to the eyes, nose, and mouth. And I got to tell you that it, it, it really turned out great because that, that deadness, so to speak, it really popped out. And then we've 
started getting more and more festive with all the colors on top. And anyway, so the sales have continually increased and we've got quite a following for these type of breads. So the caramel color is something it's easy to buy in any grocery store. It's basically with all the other food coloring dyes. And it's what makes your sodas brown, you know, your beer amber or your bread dark. So we buy it in a big gallon containers and we go through it about every, uh, oh, I don't know, every couple, two or three weeks because we put it in our rye breads. Um, but it's really easy to make at home. And so if you're going to make your own at home, you just basically combine sugar and like a quarter cup of water in a heavy saucepan. So it's equal parts. And then you bring it to a boil. And if you have to add more water, add more water. But basically it, stirring it dissolves the sugar completely during this process. And at, when you boil your sugar, that's basically how you make caramel. But you don't want to stop just there. So you continue cooking until the sugar, it basically it's going to turn a black. It might even start to smoke on you. And then you want to stop, right? So stop, remove it from the heat, and then you carefully add like a quarter cup of water and then return to the heat and just stir until it's all liquid, it's incorporated together. And then you can just pour it into a glass jar or what glass basically won't melt. If you have a thick plastic, you use that. But anyway, and then just you can freeze it too and, um, and, and make more as you need it if you need it. But that's more than enough for the purpose of making two or three skull breads. Okay, so after the first rising or your bulk fermentation of the dough, which is usually about an hour and a half, the dough is going to yield about four pounds of dough. So it's a, it's a lot of dough. And you don't have to use it all at once. You can also freeze part of the dough to use for later. And by the way, this dough happens to make really good cinnamon rolls too. So if you wanted to save it, make cinnamon rolls another day. That would work great. Just remember when you pull the dough out of the freezer to let it get to room temperature before rolling it out. Okay, so let's say you're going to make the whole thing into these Day of the Dead breads. So it's going to make about three or four loaves, depending on how many you want to make and what the size you want of it. Um, so I'm going to start off with your calaveras or your skull-shaped loaf. And so take the all the dough that you have, divide it in half. And then what we're going to do is we're going to make two skull-shaped loaves, and then we're going to make two of the Aldea de los Muertos loaves. Okay, so um, just divide it in half, right, and set aside half. And now you take your half of the whole batch, and you're going to take that and divide it in half again. So what you're working with is about a quarter of the original batch, and that's going to be enough for like a one-pound head. And so you take that, and then you're going to remove about an ounce. Um, and an ounce is basically... Oh, it's, it's like the size of your thumb. Um, and so you take the, the bigger portion and you just shape it round, round like you would a boule. Um, and then you flatten it, though, because I want it to, to look like a, a, a face. So flatten it until it's about a, oh, I don't know, an inch and a half thick. And then what you want to do is take your hands and then you like you're going to clap it. On the bottom, so on the bottom portion of that round boule, you push it in. So you're pushing it in, and what it does, it'll start making a more of like a chin shape, and then you flatten it again, and then keep working with it until you get that nice kind of a, a round oval top with a pointy pointier chin. Okay, so now what you want to do is you want to press in deep with your thumbs for the eyes, and then also the nose and the mouth. 
because remember we're making a skull, right? So there, it's not a nose that sticks out like when we do like spiders or we do Santas for the holidays too, and we need a nose that sticks out. But they're they're alive. This guy's dead. So um, the other thing is is that keep in mind your dough is going to spring out when baking, and so you want to indent deeper than you want the final product to look like. Okay, so now you just paint in your caramel color for the eyes, and the mouth, and the nose. Okay, so you want to start adding in some teeth. And so what we do is we take that ounce of dough that you had set aside and you cut it into about oh, eight to 10 small pieces. And we sort of make them block-like um, or I should probably should say like teeth-like. Um, and it's okay if some of them are pointy or not. So it, it's a skeleton, right? But so we, we space them out in between the dark background and it really looks like teeth. Now, if you don't have caramel color and don't want to make it, and don't want to buy it, it's totally fine. What we used to do before we uh, advanced into the caramel color is we should just take a big clump of raisins because they're dark. And we'd put in like, it would be like, oh, I don't know, five to ten raisins for the eyes. And then um, we'd make a big amount, like probably about three times the amount of that for their mouth. And so it really looked dark because just because you know, the raisins are dark. Um, and then... We also would do um, apricots for the eyes. So we have dried apricots. Um, and so we would make those round discs for the eyes and we do raisins for the mouth and nose. Um, I mean, through the years, it's, this is kind of fun. We, I let my bakers play with different ingredients to get the eyes, nose, and mouth in. And it doesn't really matter a whole lot what you use, but you just kind of want to get that big, big, dark, dead eye looking fruit and raisins in or whatever you hand. And if you have dates, that will work too. I mean, the key is to make the eyes big because dead eyes are really large sockets that once held the eyeballs. And the same with the mouth. They're, they're big, too. And it, it's kind of a big open mouth. Um, it just looks scarier for some reason. Okay, so then we go about uh, decorating your skull. And so um, it's an individual. So if you think of it this way, they're honoring certain individuals. So some individuals were brightly colored. And so... We just take about three-fourths of a cup of dried fruit. Um, we use a combination of like apricots and cranberries and walnuts. Um, and then if we have, uh, like we had, some, we made panettone one year and it has like a citron in it. And we stuck those on top of our skulls um, as well. And it doesn't really matter if you put more or less on there because um, in previous podcast episodes, you might have heard me say that you need to be careful not to add too much fruit and nuts to a dough at the mixing stage because really the hard objects will cut it into the gluten development. But here you've already got the gluten development, right? So it's already, um, and you're just putting it on top. So it doesn't really matter. And remember again, is that when you're dealing with these fruit, you want to push it in more than, more than you want it to look at the, uh, I tell you why, because it's once again, the oven spring, it's going to push those fruit pieces out. So you got to make it a, even deeper so it can withstand that oven spring. Okay, so then you, uh, you, people, some people like to egg wash their skulls, but quite frankly, I find that there's so much on there, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't do much. So there's, it's already decorated enough. So the other loaf, the, the pan de muertos, I do recommend um, definitely putting an egg wash on there, which egg wash is just basically one egg and add about a tablespoon of water and then kind of mix it up with your fork. 
Um, and it really will add nice, nice golden color. But for these skulls, what we'll do is some of them, not all of them, we'll dust some of them with powdered sugar after it's baked. And I, and I kind of like that look because it gives it more of a, like a dead skeleton type look to the loaf. And so for the more traditional Mexican shaped version of the pan de muertos, so we divide the dough. So you, you have your second half of your dough, right? So it's half the batch and you're going to divide that in two. So you're basically going to get two loaves out of that. And for each half, you want to take the majority of dough or let's say about three fourths of it and just shape it round. Okay. So it's another round shape. And then you take uh, your remaining dough and you divide it in half. And these, this is going to be your cross on top. And so you, you have two pieces. And so you're going to create that skeletal bone look. And so it's the same action you do, like if you're going to shape a baguette. So it's kind of a, you're pushing down and you're rolling with your hands and you're going out at the same time. However, in this case, you want to leave kind of a bump in the middle or so. Because what you want it to look like is like a knee or an elbow joint. And I know it's it is all it's harder to describe. It's almost easier if you can see it on YouTube, but I'm going to go through it once again. So the round ball, that's the easy part, right? Okay, now you're going to put a cross on top of two skeleton type shapes. And, and so they're long with a bump in the middle and you lay those on top of the big round ball in the form of a cross. And then I would recommend egg washing the entire loaf, which will give it a good fleshy color. And you can also decorate those if you want, but that's not really a tradition, so we don't. Um, but we will put on a layer of granulated sugar. And then sometimes afterwards, we'll dust the loaves after it's finished baking with powdered sugar. But you don't have to. And this loaf is usually higher than the skull breads, so it's going to take longer to bake. So I probably would check it to see if it's done after 30 minutes at a 350-degree oven, but it's likely going to take a little bit longer. Um, and just remember, your bread should always temp out in the middle if you get an oven thermometer. It's 180 degrees is when the dough turns into bread. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen. And as always, I will include the recipe and how to connect with me at House of Bread in the show notes. Until next time, everybody, happy baking.